tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party. Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free comedy to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads. Welcome to my kind of weird. My name's Anthony. Back after a one-year hiatus, and we're of course sitting with Mr. Chris O'Hara, who is a comic book creator. Chris, how are we today? I'm doing great. I didn't realize I was part of the comeback episode. <laughs> awesome! The inaugural episode, the, yeah. the the guinea pig of the new format, if you will. Awesome. Well, hopefully I don't uh, disappoint. <laughs> um, now, Chris, um, how's how's life treating you in this cha- chaotic world we're living in? Uh, yeah, you summed it up right there. Uh, <laughs> it's a chaotic world and, you know, you just, you're hanging on. Uh, yeah. Everything's going pretty good. It's been a, a whirlwind since the uh, Kickstarter ended for our comic that you mentioned. Yeah. Went pretty well. Um, now I'm... Uh, bringing on more artists, different stories, different series. So we're just kind of expanding and and going. And, and there's going to be a merger with a different indie comic or indie yeah. creator named Unity Comics. So like, there's a lot of go, uh, lots going on. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Whereabouts in the world are you from? Southwest Florida. Okay. So here in the states, Trump yep. state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been told. Now, um, now it's a now it's mini me Trump. <laughs> mini me Trump is that's that's who we're known for now. That yeah, that's about as political as I'm going to get on this. I um, like it. So we we all have our crosses to bear, and um, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I come from a very right wing family, and I'm a center left, so I, I feel yeah, the pain. Yeah, my family, my family is exactly the same. That's it. Um, so, so you've just finished your comic book Kickstarter and you gave me a bit of a sneak peek at it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's called Artificial Issue Number 1. Is it a standalone or is it going to be part of a, a ongoing series? Or um, Because you, you met, mentioned off, uh, off air that off air this isn't a radio station but off air um <laughs> you you mentioned that it's about vince go uh, vince van, uh, van gogh um and uh, a couple of other uh well-known uh artistic types so give us a bit of a, a, a roundup on um uh what it's about yeah um artificial is about three traditional artists who painters who yep. have been teleported to the future to fight against our AI overlords. So right. that's that sums it up right about there. Uh, <laughs> now the first issue, it's I, I have a plan for obviously I have a uh, with it being number one. I have a plan for a longer series. It's not a one shot, mm-hmm. but um, okay. that's kind of fluid. I have like the fir- I have the first three written um, yep. with uh, where I'm currently at in the story. I could probably write at least 10. That's what, that's where it looks like it's going. Uh, Cause I have a decent amount of lore I'm building into it and, and trying to world building and stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, that's pretty much it. It's kind of like a, a action sci-fi comedy, uh, a la kind of well, not not the sci-fi part, but but kind of like a Evil Dead that kind of style, just like dark humor here and there, and blood and gore and stuff like that. So nice, nice. Um, so ha- uh, what beyond beyond sort of that? Um, what other projects are you working on? Uh, we currently are. Uh, prepping the Indiegogo for our next series. Well, actually, it's not a series. We're going to be, it's going to be a, uh, in between 150 and 175 page graphic novel named, yep. uh, called Sundown. Okay. Um, it's about a, a retired superhero who, uh, in his old age, is starting to show signs of dementia. And it kind of toys with the idea of what would a all-powerful being, invincible person who can fly and laser beams and, uh, you know, completely strong. And, and he doesn't remember who his wife is or who his neighbor is. And it's kind of like a psychological thriller. So mm. and that that I'm having a lot of fun writing because I can kind of toy with, you know, nightmares and visions and, and all that and some really creepy creepy stuff and, and some serious uh, tones, especially it's a nice reprieve from artificial having written the first, written the first three issues. And it's kind of like an action comedy, like buddy cop almost thing. Um, it's, it's been kind of nice to hop back and forth between the two. Mm-hmm. And how'd you get first get started? Uh, so I'll try and make this quick. My, my dad used to work for Marvel um, a long, long time ago. Uh uh, I was I had just been born when he quit, but basically okay. what happened? Yeah, basically he was an inker. Uh, actually, no, he was a penciler for for Marvel uh, way back in the day. And basically, what happened was he pitched them his own comic, and it was cool. It was back in the day where it was uh you know not digital. It was mm. a, a comic like this big or something like you know almost two and a half yeah, feet yeah. tall. <laughs> and so I remember as a kid, and as a kid, it's like a skyscraper. So you're just opening it up, and it looks incredible. But apparently he pitched it to the to his boss and his boss said, you need some work. And he quit. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> bro, that was a that yeah. was a fumble. If yeah. I've ever if yeah. I've ever seen one. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was back then. I had a mural of Spider-Man on my wall with all the villains in my room, like basically penciled, inked and colored like a professional comic book. And it was on my wall. And so like I had comic books all over my room. We had a thousand comic books. And so it was always a big part of my life until my dad left. So he bailed. He was, he's the king of bad decisions. That's what I call him. Uh, so he he bailed when I was about, yeah, he bailed when I was about seven years old uh, and kind of just disappeared. Oh, and wow. so as a result, it was kind of one of those back of your mind. I just kind of put everything away that was kind of him. You know, I didn't really watch read yeah, comic books or yeah. collect them anymore. Didn't yeah. really do anything like that. Yeah. And then uh, my buddy, John Shell, who I'm, uh, I was talking about earlier with Unity Comics, he started making comics and it was about uh, two, three years ago. And I saw him making it and I saw how much fun he was having. And I've always been a very creative person. So I, I like writing and, and mm. uh, creating. Like I used to make indie games, uh, mobile games, stuff like that. So I've always been a creative yeah, right. kind of person. Nice. Yeah. And then when I saw him do it, I was like, it's not easy. But I was like, oh, wow, this looks fun and something i could get into and then next thing yeah. i know i'm back into uh, i'm making comics so it's kind of it's kind of a weird roundabout way yeah. of getting into it but yeah. but yeah yeah i mean 
I had a question here about your childhood, so I think I'm just going to delete that one. Um, <laughs> it was it was all sunshine and lollipops, man. It was good stuff. It wasn't uh, that. Uh, <laughs> um, so tell me, um, do you have any sort of uh, formal training or is it just all self-taught or where did you sort of get started with the, the sort of the practical aspects of creation? Uh, all self-taught. I've just always, ever since I was a kid, I would, I was drawing like caricatures. Do you ever seen the movie Demolition Man? Oh yeah, yeah. I just with got, Wesley yeah, Snipes, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, Stallone, yeah, was, right? Yeah, Stallone. Yeah, yeah that's, it, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I uh, and Sandra Bullock. I mm-hmm. uh, I remember mm-hmm. being a kid, which by the way shouldn't be watching that movie. But as a kid, <laughs> we I was, all did uh, it, right? We all yeah, did it. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, like drawing caricatures of all the main characters, and then mm-hmm. I would write short stories whenever I was bored, and yeah. I, it was just always something I did. I was always doing something, and so I had like notebooks full of weird sketches and aliens and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, but then when it came to comics, no, I had no, uh, the, the only training I had was very minor memories from my childhood of reading comics. Like that's all I really had and enjoying yeah. it. And so it, it was kind of a, this is a fun, once I started writing comics, I was like, Oh, this mm. is an interesting way of writing. Like I'm, I was used to more like freeform. Uh, but then when I started writing comics, it was just, it just felt it felt good and it came kind of easy well i mean we'll see how if everyone likes artificial and likes sundown then it came easy and is is going well yeah, uh me yeah. saying it me saying it went easy right now might mean it's crap so but it it feels good doing it yeah well you're bringing up comic books what you're into previously and that sort of leads into my sort of my next question what's what's your your favorite era by other creators have you have you? Uh, I mean, for me, I, I believe there's sort of this, there's this sort of uh, uh, coming of age story that everyone goes into when they are into any art form, and we'll talk about comic books and graphic novels right now. But you sort of, yeah, for a lot of people, it's you get into your superheroes because it's you know it's the safe play, and then as mm-hmm. you start to get older and dare I say mature, I fucking hate that word, but um, <laughs> you, you sort of yeah, yeah. Yeah, you either you tap back into you go the nostalgic route and you just go, oh, let's mm-hmm. get back into what I was, um, what I loved as a kid, or I, or you'll sort of go down that path where you might get into stuff that challenges you a bit more. So, what's what's sort of your favorite era by comic book creators? Well, so so that it kind of ties into what my earlier answer was, or my or my earlier part of the conversation where. I don't have a lot of memories from back in the day and then I'm Mm. just now getting into it. But I do remember like my dad reading me a lot of the older Spider-Man or Spider-Man. Like that was my go-to and that that's why I had the mural on the wall. He was, you know, a lot of kids favorites, you know, that was kind of my favorite as well. Um, But so I would love to say that era back when I was, that was like a 80 in the eighties around there. Um, But but when it comes to like things that really stuck out to me, there were there were some, like you said, when you mature, which clearly we have, uh, <laughs> uh, there there are some, yeah, there are some uh, um, things that you kind of like branch out from. So like I remember mm. one of the biggest memories when it comes to like comic books isn't even a comic book, 
it's my memory of a, of Spider-Man and my dad reading me Spider-Man and, and just loving that character. And then reading years later, a, uh, a novel called Carnage in New York. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Uh, probably not. I'm sure it's not huge or anything, but is it about like just trying to get to work? Cause that's, that's Carnage <laughs> in New York. Isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it was a pretty mundane book. It was kind of boring, but I liked it. Uh, <laughs> No, it was it was it was obviously about the the villain Carnage for Spider Man, and it was yeah. like it's a it's a I remember it was once again one of the things I should not I didn't realize it was like kind of an older book like or like mm. more mature book, mm. and so you got Carnage just his arm turning into an axe and just slicing through people, and it's just very yeah. descriptive. But I mean, it wasn't a comic book; it was a novel, and so it was a it was just a book that I read, and it was just kind of cool because I had already put away comic books a little bit in my head. Mm to kind yeah. of like have a taste of, of that again. And I can like jump back into the lore and everything. That's why I think my, one of my favorite villains of all time is carnage. And I'm, that might be shrouded by nostalgia just because I love all that. But, uh, but yeah, that book was great. So that's kind of the older stuff. And then even novels, that's what I was into. It was just, um, Cletus Cassidy, just ultimately terrifying. Hey, remember yeah. just, uh, reading like some old, like, late 80s early 90s stuff where carnage would be in and it's just kind of like this this is this is fucked <laughs> i felt like it was um it like marvel sort of treaded that fine line of yeah going oh as long as there's a superhero involved somewhere it's not all the way horror but it is i mean Bro, venom and, I, venom and I, carnage mm-hmm. they're definitely it's all the way horror now which is kind of cool that they've embraced it's- that that's great. Yeah. I mean, I got this right here. My buddy gave me this because I, I mentioned how much I love. Oh, sorry if I jumped on a mic, but this yeah. giant omnibus. But this thing's awesome uh, with Carnage and, and, and Venom. But uh, but yeah, I've said it so many times to all my friends. Like, it kills me that Marvel or Sony, you know, since it's that whole stupid feud, uh, haven't had the balls to do like an all out R rated Carnage movie. That's just. Mm. rough but mm. true to the character and just give me a good story and just like i don't know it's been yeah. frustrating <laughs> so you'll find this interesting i don't know if you know about it but in the early to mid to yeah early to mid 90s there was some and you can find it online there were just some discussions that were had around the like the big sort of studios and this will break mm-hmm. your heart when you when you find out about the the sort of the huge characters like Michael Myers and Predator yeah. and Aliens and all that about doing like these epic crossovers, but they could just yeah. never come to sort of an agreement that would work for everyone. I mean, yeah. Marvel and DC did their crossover thing, but um, we could have had yeah. something a lot better could, than whatever the fuck Freddy versus Jason was. Hey, um, <laughs> watch your mouth. I'm just kidding. I, it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, they gave us something, you know? Beggars can't be choosers. We had, we got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, on that uh, I guess, topic, um, what are your go-to films to check out? Uh, most, uh, hmm. I was trying to think of it because you mentioned a little bit of prep before this. So I, I was racking my brain. I'm my friends hate me. We'll start there. Uh, I great like friends. Ev- <laughs> I, I have great friends. Well, maybe I'm the bad friend. Uh, I have. They all say I have terrible taste in movies. I love 
every movie unless it is complete dog trash like mm. they didn't even try with this thing i'm gonna be like oh that was entertaining like, i can turn my brain off kind of deal but so like i'm not the best person to go for movie advice that said uh as of late i there have been a handful of movies that have stuck with me that um like i recommend to everyone and if you haven't seen more more likely you've seen them uh but like um hereditary so we'll go horror oh yeah yes yeah. that movie was like a it felt like a masterpiece watching that thing and it was yeah, so good yeah, yeah. at least to me i loved it so much and yeah. uh and then midsummer came out and that was trash moving on um <laughs> i didn't like it <laughs> uh, uh, it just uh midsummer just uh yeah i don't know it, it was like this this kind of like this fever pitch dream that was yeah. sort of trying to I, almost be like the next um the next wicker man like the wicker original man. Yeah, yeah 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 it kind I of mean, had those sort of vibes to it but uh, i get what you mean it's it was very arty and and uh, man, i love her to death um what's the name of the florence actress is great um, florence is great but yeah. holy holy crap just shut up like yeah so yeah. your family's dead get over it <laughs> Get over it, man. I don't know. Yeah, there's something about it. Like I'm watching it, and I'm like, I I can feel the direction they're going with it. They're going with this. Yeah. Isn't this creepy? That yeah. there are creepy things happening, and no one mm. seems to be reacting. Mm. Like that's yeah. the vibe they were giving. It was like, yeah. oh, this is just chill, normal stuff that we do in Norway or Sweden. Yeah. Or can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and then I get it. That okay. That's a genre that can be creepy. It just made me not care. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't mm. care at all. Uh, I will say this: the first five minutes of that movie was like it uh, was like a Hereditary Part Two. It was it was masterfully shot, and it was so good. And I was like, "Yes, give me Midsummer or give me Hereditary 2. And I was like, "Oh crap, this is this is trash." Anyway, so, Hereditary was brilliant. Hereditary. It, was, it, it was, was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I even like the ending. It the ending itself was just just kind of like oh this is this is I, i'm i'm like uh, i just love that whole genre of occultic horror mm-hmm. um oh, like, yeah. i love that i love um uh did you say the apostle on netflix that that was just i um, wasn't i wasn't super fond of it but i did watch it i did i didn't not like it but uh Mm. It didn't hold my attention as much as I wanted, and I love the main actor. I can't; his name's escaping me at the moment. But uh, but I did I did like it. I I liked. I definitely liked the setting and the vibe for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was good. It, even if you rewatch it, it's just the most convoluted way for someone to become Swamp Thing. Um, yeah, but, um. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Pretty much Sum, sums it up. A prequel to Swamp Thing. Yeah. Um, I'm with you though on that. I that that's my genre. My genre has always been a like um, kind of paranormal horror. That mm. kind of like paranormal activity. Don't don't even get me started on that movie. That movie uh, terrified me to my core. And I think it's because I don't get scared at anything. I really don't. Yeah. Except for paranormal stuff. You you give mm. me a ghost or or a gobbledygook. I'm I'm out, mm. man. I'm not playing with that. Mm. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's part of the fact you just can't see it. Um, I don't yeah. know if this happened like in, in America when the first one came out, but b- because prior to that, all you really had was um, Blair Witch Project. There were so many people that 
over on this side of the pond that were just like, oh my God, is that real? It's like, it literally no, says everywhere that, that it's not that real, me. but that's fine. <laughs> Dude, that was me. I thought it was real up until I saw the characters on the stage accepting a reward, an award. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, aren't you dead? <laughs> I'm over here just just stupid as a rock. And I'm like, that movie was so terrifying. No, I thought it was real too. And it was like the inter- it was the kicking off of a genre of that found footage genre. And it's yeah, it's one of my favorite genres, I think, because of that. It's just, you know, it gives you that sense of reality, an immersion that not many other things do. Mm. Yeah. Some people love it. I think you love or hate Blair Witch. I, I have a lot of people that hate it. I love it. I um I think it was just one of those cultural phenomenons. That, yeah. Yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, I think part of the the mistake of it is just so smart, um, even just around, like, the characters, like, their real first names, uh, their names yeah. in the film and yeah. things like that and just like yeah. the, And uh, I think Americans have this sort of this fear of the forest, like you do in a lot of like your childhood sort of like your child like stories and YA stories. And yeah, yeah, I don't like them. (laughs) It's like the forest and the ocean for me. Those are places I don't, I do not like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Creative influences. What, what what would you say? Uh, who who are yours? Who do you who do you look at? Who do you try to emulate? That's a good question. Um, I try and think about that, and I I don't know. I don't. I, it's hard for me to pinpoint who I've taken a lot of inspiration from. I mentioned mm-hmm. this on a on a on a podcast a long time ago. That uh, who inspired you the most? And I was like, this is kind of a dark answer. Uh, I think my dad inspired me the most, but in the opposite way. But not being an I, asshole. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I should not do all these things. Got it. You've inspired me to not be you. Um, so it, it was kind of that where he had so much creativity, so much potential, so much drive and and uh, and passion for things. And then he just pissed it all away. I'm like, okay, so that's what you don't do. I'm glad I went that route instead of just following you know, his... I don't know, just dumb decisions. But when it comes to creative um, inspiration, I I don't know if I if I pull a lot from individuals as much as I pull from experiences or movies or, or um, like a different type of cinema or books, uh, actually creative works. And I sometimes disconnect. I disconnect a little bit from like the creator sometimes, uh, except for yeah. like my favorite director is Guy Ritchie. I just love, I think that's my kind of, humor and like fast paced mm. quip and just i love it so much uh so that's like my favorite director i do like scorsese i do like uh you know i'm, I'm pretty big into movies so like that's probably a huge impact on me it's just it is hard for me to like kind of pick my influence you know i can't say michael bay or anything like that or but, uh, <laughs> no, you'll get you'll get you shot know. in public yeah i can't say anything like that <laughs> uh so i won't <laughs> But other than that, yeah, it just I think it's just experiences that I go through and uh, entertainment I digest. It's kind of always been my creative influence. Can you think of anything that's recently come out, like whether it's film, comic books, books, or you know, TV, or that's that you sort of gone, oh yeah, that's that's in the same sort of arena as what I'm playing in. Hmm. Uh. 
I'll say there there have been a couple indie comics that I've really enjoyed recently. Uh, yeah. One that that I've kind of like latched on to. Oh, this is good and um, a really well put out and and um, created story and, and the way that they visually laid everything out. I was like, okay, this is a this is kind of what I should strive to do. And you know what I mean. So that kind of thing. Um, ones by I think his name's Matt Garvey. Um, I brought a hammer to hell. Looked that one up. I like it a lot. Uh, another okay. one by my yep. friend, by my friend John Shell. He made one called uh, "The Last Wand." Uh, that one was really, really good. So I have a, I have a handful of different stuff that I've been trying. I've been trying to stick with indie lately, just because I'm dabbling in that space, so I can be one of the yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like you know, honest, honestly, uh, it's hard for me. Maybe it's just a weird sticking point. Honestly, it's one of those things, like like hereditary <laughs> that that was one of those mo i watched that and i was like i want to write horror like i would love mm. to do a horror something and so that's sundown's kind of my my next project's kind of dabbling into that a bit without being too much in your face about it but uh but i love that genre so much that that's definitely one that kicked off like a i need to do this i need to get this out of me at some point some kind of horror something Here's one for you that's probably going to divide the listeners and viewers. Ooh. What's your favorite all-time decade? I'm a 90s kid. So, I I okay, I'll give you two weird I'll give you two answers. I'm a 90s kid, born in 89, but you know, grew up in the 90s. Uh LFO all the fun stuff, you know. I don't know if everyone remembers some of the stuff from the 90s. It was amazing from what I remember. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll jump back to the fifties and literally the only reason I love the fifties is the aesthetic. I just love the fifties aesthetic. Like I, I wrote, I have, it's probably going to be a comic at some point, but I wrote some like a dystopian fifties thing that kind of, kind of rides on the coattails of like fallout, the video game. I don't know if you, if you're into games or anything like that. Love fallout. Yeah, Fallout. So like that, and I, that's probably the inspiration for that was was the fact that you have this, you know, future meets past. Yeah, it's kind of like Fallout. retro futuristic. I love it. Similar yeah. to Bioshock, kind of yeah. that same vibe. Um, so that that um, aesthetic, I just love. So nineties to live in, fifties to walk around in. <laughs> mm, mm. Sure, nineties to me is a decade where I feel like. It was like from 1990 to 2003. And the reason I feel like that is because there's a lot of music and film in the early 2000s, which was just so fundamentally 90s that it refused to let go. We didn't um, let go of it. No, no. (laughs) Well, let's let's keep this bad boy going. We're making the 2000s the 90s. Yeah, to the point where Yeah. I feel like a lot of people in the 2000s is just like, what are we, what are we fucking doing? Like the, <laughs> the millennium didn't kill us. So what the, what, what do we oh, do yeah, now? When you think the, yeah. when you think the world's going to end, what are you going to, what do you, and then you're like, oh crap, I yeah. got to keep doing things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you start stockpiling toilet rolls. That's what you start doing. Yeah, Chris, yeah, you yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. I remember those days. I was there. Um, I was kids. Musical jams. What what are your Ooh. what what's your go to when you're when you're either working or working on something creative? What's your what's your go to jam? I am a an eclectic person. I mm. like 
I, my answer is yes. I just like every. I, I list, It's a quick anecdote. My I was at a party recently, and uh, it was with my sister's husband's aunt was throwing the party. So someone that I don't really know very well, and she's super friendly. And they had a boombox in the back, and you know Bluetooth to the thing. And she, I remember her asking me, Chris, why don't you you know throw on your Pandora? Let's you know what do you want to listen to? I was like, you don't want me to do that. <laughs> that was my answer to her. I said it very very blatantly. You don't want that. I was yeah. like, you will go from from Eminem to to like oldies uh, yeah. to to Michael Bublé to yeah. country, and then you'll yeah. jump back to R. Kelly. No, not R. Kelly. Sorry, I threw that one out. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's just jump, 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 jump. Like my my music tastes are, tastes are very ADHD, but that's just a wide spectrum uh, yeah. when it comes to like what I listen to when I work. Uh, when I write stuff, I love, and I I've been recommending this so much just because I love it so much. Um, there's a creator named Adam Young. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's part of a band named Owl City, or he's the the founder of the band Owl City. Um, it's kind of like a synth pop rock group um, that I've loved forever. They are my favorite band. But anyway, he did a passion project called... I forgot. Crap. Um, basically, uh, soundtrack uh, music. And okay. he would just... Yep. He would just like kind of pick a, a vibe like space travel and then create a full 13 song album, uh, just instrumental about that. And then he created one about Abraham Lincoln and then he created one about a shipwreck in, in uh, Canada. It was, it's very interesting. But anyway, there's like I think uh, eight or nine of them. They are so chill and relaxing <laughs> and very inspirational because they play to what you would imagine a soundtrack would be in a movie, how it wants to like pump you up sometimes then draw yeah, you down. Yeah. And, then, and it's that, and you can kind of just play with the sounds in your head and write to them. So it's, mm. it's so like, I would almost be like, there's one that's very upbeat. So I was like, all right, I have an action scene coming up where I have a lot of battling that I have to write. Let me put on that song. And, you know, so it's, it's really cool. So I'd highly recommend just look up Adam Young on a uh, SoundCloud. But yeah, that's kind of my go-to. Has there been any – so what are you – With let's think about the jobs that you do for a living and think okay. about those previous jobs you've had. Have any of them – like what you've learnt, has any of them helped strengthen your creativity? Uh, yeah, to, to a certain extent. Um, Beyond had- sort of, fuck, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> That's that's never crossed my mind. I wanted to say stay a bagger and a cashier for my entire yeah. life. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had, I, I've I've been a jack of all trades. I was a telemarketer at once. I was a cashier. I was a, I worked in a warehouse. Mm. Uh, I did construction. I did. I I'm currently doing like for my full time job, like an analytic job with marketing. So like I've kind of done a crap ton of everything. Um, I do what I will say. I, I think it's allowed me to be very adaptable. I haven't really, I haven't stuck in a lane. Does that make sense? Like I haven't yeah. like just like yeah. all right, next cashier job. No, I've jumped so much in my life that I, I I'm very adaptable. So I'm very quick learning, um, which which has been helpful. Uh, and I've also had a lot of jobs where it's a little bit of dead air going on in my head, <laughs> which mm-hmm. has 
allowed me to be creative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not super intellectually uh, intensive. So like I'm, I'm able to be, cre- which is why I would write so much and, and everything like that. So mm. that was my outlet uh, when I was, when I was working was writing or just basically daydreaming kind of deal. But yeah, a little bit. Now with artificial, this is going to require some sort of self-reflecting and maybe some self-deprecation. You, you just never know with these things. I love it. What, what sort of weaknesses did you identify in the overall project? And so what are you going to do to work on those to sort of improve them and fine-tune them yeah. in your next body of work? Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. So there's that. This is my first comic, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I think it's very good. So, and, and that's coming from someone who really hated it as it went. You know, I do have that sep- uh, self-deprecation for sure, um, but I am very proud of it. Now, during the creation process, um, you know, this, you know, this, this, the self-reflection part here is going to, is going to show the thing that my wife doesn't like about me. <laughs> so I'll, I'll go deep, deep. Just uh, one? Just one? There's only one. I'm actually <laughs> perfect. you guys been married because there will be more will come. Trust me, sir. <laughs> I, it's been 10 years and I've never heard a complaint. Uh, so wow. we, I, I do not worry about anything. And I don't know why I don't do that. I think it's because everyone around me worries about so much all the time. And like you said earlier in the podcast, with it being such a freaking, you know, cluster of a world right now. Yeah, you're going to worry. But I just mm-hmm. don't. I've never been a worrier. And so like when I when I dive into projects, um, every time we have a hurdle or have like a writer's block situation or, or we're not really communicating well enough with the artists and the team, I... I don't know. I've never been one to worry. So like the project yeah. went, I would love to say the project went very smooth. Okay. Um, and to the point where I was like, let's keep it going. <laughs> Next one. So like I'm working with the same artist. We found a different colorist. Um, and we literally had a meeting right before this, for this podcast. So, uh, and that went great so far. I have no wood around me to knock on. I have nothing. I have, I have fiber. I have this. So far, going very well. Uh, my weaknesses as a writer and as a communicator are always there. I'm hoping to improve on that as we go. I think I definitely have rereading artificial recently, and then the the first uh, fifteen. No, no, the first um, chapter of Sundown. I think it's a big improvement, and that's just mm. personally looking at it. Um, so yeah, I think I am improving, but uh, that's just all it really is—just improving. Yeah. Yeah. That's my view. My um I find that a lot of good art comes from dreams and nightmares. This reoccurring nightmare <laughs> I've been having lately is of uh, I'm driving along and like I'm coming up to like a, a pedestrian crossing and for some mm-hmm. reason I just in a split second glance to the side and then look back. It's that classic kind of horror trope where all oh, of yeah, a sudden there's sure. something in front of you. Mm-hmm. Only it's this it's this like toddler that's crawling across the pedestrian crossing. And I run okay. over this um, good. You toddler. 
<laughs> it sounded creepy. So I was like, you got to take care of that toddler. You got to just get rid of it. But anyway, sorry. Keep going. Now, I mentioned this to my wife and she's just like, you should look that up online. That's heaps of things. It's yeah. just, there's no way. It's too fucking specific. There's no fucking yeah. way. that. And I'll look it up and there's a, um, and the ex- explanation is you have, you are, you are, deeply stressed about things in your life and it's just like well okay to the point yeah, where it's kind of like you you know just dumb down my worries and concerns to a, a fucking you know hmm. night, nightmare horoscope but i guess yeah, my question here is what's the worst nightmare you've had i am so happy you asked this question so i hope to scare you in this story that's my mm. goal mm. my goal is to make you have fear <laughs> um so uh, I'm going to try and shorten it as well because there's some there's some background to it. When I was seven years old, have you ever heard of? Actually, I was eight. Well, have you ever heard of the sleep paralysis demon? Uh, yeah, I think to the point where there was a Buffy episode where they actually had yeah that yeah yeah. So, but go on, yeah. So this is before Buffy. So I win. Don't take that from me. <laughs> uh, before Buffy. <laughs> There was uh, a section of my eight-year life, or sorry, when I was eight years old, there was a section of that uh, Mm. year where I had a reoccurring dream about a sleep paralysis demon. Now, when I was that age, I did not understand what that was. I didn't know what was going on. I'll give you an idea of what would happen. So for every night for about a month, so that's 30 days, might have been February, who knows? Might have been 28. It was too freaking long. So for about... 30 days every night I would go to bed and as soon as my eyes shut and I like kind of just, you know, uh, mm. gave into sleep. Yeah. I would open my eyes in my bed. I'd be in a strange dark room that I've never noticed before. My bed would be centered in the room, not how my bed was laid out. Uh, and then the room would slowly elongate to be an impossible length away. And I would see that door just get smaller and smaller and smaller, far, far away. That, that, that and I music sit that there. plays that goes oh, yeah. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> just stretching music with all the violins and I'm, I'm just sitting there and and I'm eight years old and I and I I'm just sitting there and I don't know what to do and I can't move so my first thing thought is to move my arms try and get up can't I can't physically move and it's a weird feeling I don't know if you've experienced it before but um it's different than a nightmare other nightmares I've had it feels like if it, it feels like I am being held by something evil. Like and I, I cannot move. Almost like here, imagine uh, um, Magneto. You know, like yeah. as if I'm Wolverine and Magneto's in the room. I can't yeah, okay. move. Yeah. Something's wrong. Like none of my body, none of my limbs are moving. And then I see in the doorway this tall figure just duck under and through. And now all I see is a silhouette of a super tall, super thin creature, man, at the end of this. Slender man, you might call him. Basically the Slender Man. (laughs) It was a very similar look. Uh, And it would just walk towards me. And then it would get to my bed. And then all I would see is a big smile come across its face. And it's, you know, you're you're eight years old. You're doing this. That's fucked. That's fucked. all the way up. It's no. all the way up there. No, that's fucked. <laughs> and then and I'm then, just thinking of the. Have you seen the show from? 
their fucking smiles. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that, that mm-hmm. kind of creepy yeah. smile. Like that. But all you can see is a silhouette and a smile. And then yeah. what happens is this fine gentleman bends over and just slowly comes this close to your face as an eight-year-old oh, kid. Oh, man. You can't move. You can't scream. You try and scream, but you can't. Nothing comes out. Yeah. And his, you feel warm breath on your face. And I will tell you this. He sits there and smiles at you for what literally feels like an eternity. I am not joking. It is not like, a, oh, crap, a nightmare. Wake up. No. You sit there for an eternity. It literally feels like years pass of you not being able to move and a menacing figure over your face. I had that every night for for 30 days when I was when I was eight years old. Now, the kicker, my friend, a couple of my friends I talked to, I mentioned it and they're like, wait, you had that nightmare, too. We went into a discussion where they had the same exact nightmare to a T, the same exact nightmare. That doesn't make sense. We had never met yet. Then oh, I went man. online. I went online and typed in sleep paralysis demon and want to look into it. I found so much weird stuff about this freaking thing. It's like it only it, it's been studied. The only people who experience it are firstborn children, primarily men. And it's between it's between like adolescent age and uh, it crosses uh, decades and um, cultural divides. So like, uh, you know, people in India have had it. People have in Spain have had it. And it's all the freaking same. So. Wow. I don't like that. <laughs> so I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> I think I am I am of the thought that the sleep paralysis demon is a actual thing. And I mm. and it's literally only because of all this stuff. I'm not super into that thing, really, but. Anyway, that that is one of the only things that gives me a little. I'm sweating a little bit. Not gonna lie, don't. I have n- I've never had it since though. So like even like reoccurring vi- like uh, uh, dreams where I'm like, I really hope you know. Sometimes you have a nightmare that you remember and then you have it again because it's just so scary to you. I've never had it again. It's got to be like it. human fear, right? It's got to be that. Has that to be. How we as a species we all react to something the shit that's I, going on in the world and it's yeah. got it there's got to be a re- i mean the reason those kids came up with the whole slender man thing in the first place it's got to have come from somewhere right yeah you want to know where it came from demons okay <laughs> you're not convincing me otherwise <laughs> at least that one that one's a freaking demon i don't like it anyway so that was the scariest nightmare i've ever, I've ever had yeah nice nice a little bit lighter <laughs> nice. a little bit lighter yeah sure Favorite soft drink or snack or soda since you're American? We call it. Hey, you know, we're all dumb. You know, we have three (laughs) different ways. We have three different ways of calling it in America. If you're up, if you're up north, it's pop. If you're in the middle, it's Coke, even though it's anything. And then you're south, it's soda. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper. Those are the two. Those are the kings. And then uh, I have the worst sweet tooth in the world. And it, it's a demon of its own. So like anything sweet. Haribo, Haribo gummy bears. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. Where can my listeners and viewers find you online to support your next project, Chris? Uh, Twitter. <laughs> I'm sorry. X. 
And uh, I'm sorry. Whatever it is when this airs. So I will be asking. I think it's fair to say there are no Elon Musk bros that listen to this podcast. And if there are, fuck off. Um, So um, (laughs) so, call call it whatever you want. I'll I'll give him some credit. I'm not one of those. But at the same time, what are you? What are you? What? What are you doing? And it's (laughs) it's really annoying. Um, Anyway, Twitter X. I'm on there. Uh, Just look up Bentbox Comics at Bentbox Comics. Pretty much all my handles are that. So it's uh, thankfully it was not taken. So I have it on there. Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Try and hop and skip between the two and post different stuff on each. So I would recommend following on both. I'm I would love a invite to blue sky or whatever. But at the same time, I don't have enough energy in me to follow seven different social medias. So just Instagram and Twitter for now, please. <laughs> X or so Instagram and X. <laughs> Thanks for appearing on my kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Thanks for having me, man. It was awesome. Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party. Good news. Ad-free listening on Amazon Music is included with your Prime membership. Just head to amazon.com slash ad-free comedy to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Enjoy thousands of ACAST shows ad-free for Prime subscribers. Some shows may have ads.